Welcome to the show. This is a special uh, COVID-19 edition of the podcast. Uh, with me is a pretty longtime friend of mine who is a licensed licensed marriage and family therapist. Welcome uh, from the Angelus Psychology Group, Gabray Milner. Hello. Hey, hey man. How you doing? Um, so, so under normal circumstances, we would probably chat about the Raiders or the Lakers uh, but sports, you know, doesn't exist anymore <laughs> in our lives. Uh, but I thought it might be interesting from my perspective because, you know, I hear about what we're supposed to do as uh, citizens, uh, you know, as Americans, like how to, you know, combat the coronavirus, how to stay safe. Uh, and then I hear like, oh, there's, you know, people like yourself, like therapists, uh, doctors, you know, people who are caring for people but not necessarily knowing their stories, I guess. Like it's an assumption that, yeah, you're, you're fine because you're taking care of people's mental health or offering counseling. But then I'm always curious, like, well, how is someone like yourself kind of processing something that certainly there's no way you would have planned for this at the start of 2020, you know? It's not in the plan, no. <laughs> like it's not part of your like, training per se you know like oh this is pandemic i guess maybe in the future there might be pandemic training right probably yeah you know so i kind of was just curious just to kind of hear uh your story and i guess i'll give a little bit of context for the audience that we've we knew each other in a different life in a world of sports television and so that was that's been most of our friendship conversations i would say uh, throughout the time, throughout the years. And I've seen you do before you became the profession you are now, I've seen you do a lot of different jobs. So I've kind of seen your own journey towards what you're doing now, which you like, you're, you know, I could totally see you doing it. I didn't, but <laughs> everybody else was like, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I was like, no, I, I could totally see him in this role and now you are doing it. So that's really cool. But yeah, I know if you could share like what, like how's your day? Like how do you, how are you processing something so large yet also trying to like help your clients? Um, some days are better than others. I think, <laughs> like for anyone else, um, it's it's a lot to take in psychically and emotionally, and um, I think people. I mean, I'll speak for myself, you know, that you have those guardrails in your life, those things you kind of rely on, your schedule, um, your space, your ability to go to the beach just on a whim one day or take the train somewhere. Um, and, you know, those kind of got, it was like a big rug just got pulled real quick. Right. Uh, um, so, yeah, that's hard. And then you want to show up for your family, you want to show up 
um, in my profession for, for my patients and clients and, and um, be able to take in what they're bringing. Yeah. I was, I was curious if, um, how do you, I guess when it's time to like counsel a patient, uh, counsel a client, how do you, how do you compartmentalize maybe your personal life? Like, how do you, are you, do you have techniques to put that aside or can you not really do that? One of my favorite phrases or thoughts when I'm conducting therapy is, is simple, not easy. So I can give somebody a very simple idea of what will uh, improve their life. Um, but it's not an easy thing to do all the time. Even if it's, if, if it's basic, it's, there's a reason why you haven't done it yet. Um, so it's simple, but not easy to kind of shut out my life and, and be totally present for theirs, especially now because we're not sharing that energy of, of sitting in the same room either. Um, so I, I'd done video therapy before I'd done phone therapy before. Um, I'm pretty adept at it and, and it's a wonderful way to conduct therapy, but there's still that little bit of a missing ingredient, especially with people that, uh, might be new clients. Yeah. That's an experience I've never had is, is not having met the person and felt their presence in the space and then starting therapy. Yeah. I was going to say like, I think, I think that it, there seems to be actually ironically more social connecting you know, through like, obviously we're talking through, through zoom or through the phone. And, um, but I also think right now we're kind of seeing how important it is to have actual interaction with people like, you know, one-on-one and in person, like direct human contact, like, you know, you could zoom with people, but it's just like, not, it's just really not the same. Yeah. There's, there's two sides to that coin. It's, if some, if you're out there and you haven't like had a Zoom happy hour with old college friends or something like that, I would suggest you do it. Yeah, it, it feels great and it's a great relief, but it's not the same as really gathering ten of your friends together and seeing like three you haven't seen in a while and and catching up face to face, giving some daps and some hugs, and um, you know feeling people in the in the space and that works socially and that works professionally and it works yeah uh, in my work for sure. And so I, I was wondering also, like, do you, have you so far seen, uh, without obviously divulging details of your clients, but, um, a general like trend of a lot of people are dealing with this type of emotion or whether it be like anxiety, depression, stress, like, or, or do people still have their own individual problems or, or concerns that you're kind of going through with them? Uh, it's run the gamut. Some people are focused on the moment and, and what's going on and not realizing that some of what they're talking about, blaming it on the, the pandemic is really the problems we've been talking about, you know, months before that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the opposite. So they're talking about all these different things and being hard on themselves for something they didn't accomplish or stress in their relationship. And I've got to bring in a room. We're in the middle of a pandemic, you know. You're we're in the middle of you being in front of your spouse 24-7, you know. It's there are reasons why there might be a little more stress right now on the right, right, right. Um, so you know, some people uh, it's gotta be they gotta be reminded of it. And and some people are, you know, definitely stressed out about the situation in the world, but they're also like, oh man, I've 
I've got this project I've been doing and I've got a chance to sit and breathe and be with myself a little bit and really get to know me uh, a little bit better. Those are the folks without kids. <laughs> but uh, it's really, everybody's really experiencing this in their own way. And, you know, everybody has that, right? Yeah. I, um, and how, do, I guess, how do you, uh, I guess, is there any sort of, um, sort of strategies you've, or like, I don't know how to say this, but every, yeah, everyone's dealing with things differently, but then at the same time, we're all in the same situation, you know, like if you are practicing social distancing, you know, and, and like, you know, we are, we are doing this in Los Angeles, so no one can go anywhere anyways. There's not really anything open, right? right? So everyone's kind of at home unless you have to run like a food errand or something, but I guess knowing that there's actually a situation where there's like a common ground, like kind of everyone's at home. Like, do you kind of use that as like part of your advising? Like, Hey, no one's going out. You're not missing anything or. Yeah. Um, well, even if there's nowhere to go, we are all missing something. Like we're all, you know, grieving a loss of a kind and some are, are truly grieving losses. A lot of more and more people, like yeah. actual loss. Um, but we were, we're all grieving some loss of, of freedom or, or even a sense of security, right? We're all, you know, some of us are more scared of, you know, contracting it than others, or scared for our family contracting it than others. Some of us, some of that's in the front of everybody, in, of some people's minds, but it's in the back of everybody's mind at some point, in yeah. some way, form. Even the people that are really um, reacting, revolting against the idea of, of social distancing and, and rebelling against it. I think a lot of them, that's their anxiety, kind of having them be a, um, a self-sabotaging kind of activity, even though the anxiety might still be there for them. Um, yeah, I, okay. Yeah, and, and also, I guess here's a, I mean, sorry, yeah, I might be jumping around everything, but I think that's kind of the general vibe is like your mind just races right now like like I my mind jumps all over the place uh and right I'm mostly at home and so but like oh I was gonna say I you know like it feels like life has stopped but it hasn't like I'm still working you're still working other people are still working sure we're you know some of us are fortunate enough to be able to work at home uh and still kind of function uh but you know like yeah life it's not like i'm on vacation you know and i think it's a it's like a weird i guess how do you feel about that um not necessarily as a therapist but like as like gabray like how you know like you're on we're not on vacation no i mean this last week um my son was on spring break and you know i was like oh what's the difference but it was a big difference every little break i had in my work wasn't trying to get squeeze in getting his work done and so you know there's really no breathing room on a normal week this week it was like oh i've got a couple of hours let's play some games let's do this um but if you're trying to do homeschooling and you're trying to work um yeah where's the space <laughs> you know so you've really got to create it and create that structure yeah uh, put some barriers on the day not turn everything in. I, I, I've got to realize I don't need to turn everything in for a kindergartner. 
they're not going to fail him. <laughs> he already knows a lot about how to read. He's, he's, you know, he, he can learn things from, from life and nature shows. He's learning something big from a historic event. You know, when he's 85 years old, they're going to ask yeah. him what it was like. Hopefully this won't be so regular that, that they won't want us to ask, you know, they'll ask like, what was it like to be in the, the coronavirus pandemic of 2020? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was like 1918, right? The, whatever Spanish, whatever it's called. And then now 2020 is like the, yeah, hopefully there won't be like one next year or whatever, you know? <laughs> you can't have that. Yeah. We can't, it can't be like a regular thing. Uh, that's interesting that you talk about barriers though. Like, have you, have you kind of offered that sort of a uh, advice to some of your clients as far as like, Hey, create some boundaries in your day. Cause I, I definitely know from my own experience, like I don't even know what day it is for sure. Like I think every day is the same day, you know, like groundhog day or something. It's very individual. I mean, some people are really like so upset with themselves every time they violate, you know, uh, a schedule they've set for themselves. And so with them, it's more like, let's be gentle with ourselves. We're in the middle of a, a pandemic. The real job is just to get through to the other side and yeah. kind of be gravy. Um, and then with other people, yeah, they do feel kind of, you know, depressed because there is nothing that's solid. And yeah, so then the advice is to try to just create some of that themselves and start small and, you know, take an hour to learn this new thing or, or you know, really actually schedule an hour to, to reread a favorite book. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe an exercise routine or a meditation routine or, you know, just something that's consistent and constant and, and feels like structure. Like as a, uh, as a therapist, do you, do you offer like techniques to your clients, like specific techniques? And I'll share one that you actually did publicly, but before I do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are different techniques for anxiety. Um, I mean, really breathing, is, you know, breathing deep and really getting it into your belly and holding it and letting it go. That's the most basic and simplest thing that we can all do at any time. Um, you know, just grounding yourself, um, you know, really feeling things in the room and smelling what's there to smell and and um yeah you know hearing what the sounds if you really spend some a minute just allowing yourself to hear what's around you there's so much more that you hear than what we realize we hear we kind of you know we focus in on the tv or on what we're paying attention to but yeah you sit and the window's a little open you will you'll hear blocks away some things there's some birds or some i mean in, in normal times you'll hear a truck from three or four blocks away when you just sit and really listen. Right. And those kind of things can ground you and bring you back to the moment and take you away from uh, spiraling out into worry. Yeah. I was going to, uh, I was going to share like on, on, uh, on your social media, you, you kind of did a really nice little quick video on like a breathing exercise that you shared. Uh, and I thought that was really helpful where, and I tried it where, you know, you, you, take a deep breath and then you exhale and say, I feel whatever is off the top of your head, like without any deep thought to it. And it was a, the idea was like letting go of that feeling. Yeah. And I, I found that, yeah, I found that to be really helpful. And I'm like, Whoa, look at Gabre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that post was about, you know, our, our go-to is to 
when someone asks how we're doing and say, I'm good or I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, and especially uh, men and men of color in particular. Right. That a lot of cultures of color place on their men. All cultures place on their men, but I, I think cultures of color in, in particular um, have different forms of being stoic, the stoic one in the family and, and everything being okay. And so allowing ourselves to express some the worries or the concerns inside of us is hard to do because we're taught we're not even taught to identify it. Um, so yeah, it was, you know, take a deep breath in and don't think, just hold that breath. And when you release it, let a word, a, a feeling word come out of your mouth. You know, you might surprise yourself with what comes out. Yeah, I think I think I tried that and I I I just try to, you know, when Gabray says do something, you just try to do it like to a T and then I did it. And I, I think the word actually, what came out at, at the time I did it was uh, anger, angry. Like I just felt very angry uh, at, you know, national response, government response, like, you know, everything certainly gets politicized nowadays, but facts are facts. Like we know that America is leading the world in cases and fatalities. Like it's no joke. You can't dispute that information. Uh, as hard as you want to try to, it's like you just cannot dispute it. And as of this taping, you know, U.S. surpassed Italy in fatalities. And uh, I checked like 50 sites to confirm that information, which I think is part of the frustration. Is like whatever information you get, if you don't fact check it yourself on like 80 sites, it it could be just false or someone just making up stuff, you know. And I think that adds to the frustration too. You're frustrated that people don't believe the facts that we know are true, like that other people are just maybe even friends and family are like, no, that's not true. And then they come with stuff that's absolutely not true to us. And they're frustrated that we don't believe theirs. And so, you know, there's a disconnect. Um, yeah. I actually think we're, one thing that's coming from this is that's dissipating a little bit, just a little bit, um, where, you know, the facts on the ground are, accepted by more people and and you know we think we're all kind of settling it like we got dr fauci i think everybody for the most part will believe what comes out of his mouth what yeah and i've i have noticed too like yeah like you could exactly like you know protect dr fauci at all costs and uh and when people come at him and dispute things he says there's like a equally strong audience that's like well okay no you can't dispute that man like you could dispute other things okay we'll, we'll get away with it. But, uh, no, that man is speaking facts. So just, you know, take the facts. Yeah. I, th I think that's a good point you make is that it, it, people can't dispute all this information, whether or not they want to adhere to it or whatever that that's, you know, people's personal decisions. But I think you're, you're right. There's like a baseline of, okay, we all have to accept that these things are happening and they're really real, you know, and you, yeah. And, and certainly there's all sorts of sorts of effects but um yeah i think like as opposed to the last couple of years uh in our and at least in our country like everything's disputed right. everything like even silly sports stuff right like it's all disputed as like not factual i'm like and some stuff is just straight fact like so it's annoying uh everything is put through a lens even things that just need to to be the basis, then we can start going through our lenses of what to do about those those facts. You know, that's what Arkans used to be. This is the fact. What do we do about it? And you know, now it's like 
weight was the fact. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there might be a return to facts, which I, I'm really hoping for. Like, you know, yeah, what what you think about the facts, that's that's where the opinions come in. But at least, like, let's just have a baseline of, okay, this is the information, you know. Yeah. yeah um, oh, and I just want you said anger, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah. One, that's a stage of grief. So mm. I think it, it, if folks out there are feeling that, it's it makes a whole lot of sense because. Uh, this is a form of grief, you know, whatever your experiences of what's going on with the virus or how close it's been to you, you've lost something in this period of time and it might be a job or, or just yeah, you know, to, to be, or, or to feel safe or to, or, or to be free to go where you want to go. So we're all grieving on some level. Mm. Um, so anger makes a lot of sense. And, and that's one that's really hard um, to, to just express. I think we Anger gets the rap of being a really negative emotion, and it's it's uh, you know it's a powerful emotion. It's an important emotion. It's just what you do with the anger that right can be positive or negative. Yeah, and then I think on you know and on, and on some level it shows you care obviously uh, about something. Um, and yeah, I think I think the point you also made about like men of color having to be stoic and obviously like everything everything you just said about like you know, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. It's kind of like the default thing. Maybe you, cause you don't want to impose your problems on people or you want to appear like you've got your family situation under control. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's still prevailing, even though certainly I think now there's more male emotional displays, Absolutely. you know, than like when I grew up, I mean, like I remember there was that infamous, like, and I, let's not let's not forget that uh, Kobe Bryant passed away in January. I know it felt like it was like six years ago. <laughs> I know it's like that just happened. Like and I was like you and I obviously are big Laker fans, and and so we were kind of just processing that as fans, and just like, and then and that that <laughs> we didn't even get that much time to like process that. I went to the last Laker game before the shutdown. Oh man, you did. It made me. <laughs> Luckily, we were way up in the top, so we were nowhere near everybody on the team getting infected oh jeez, oh, yeah yeah they uh, uh yeah but yeah they never said who got infected anyways uh the during the uh the kobe public memorial i think there was an infamous like uh it like went viral where uh alan iverson and d wade were like hugging and crying and you know that that's not something you maybe would see 10 or 15 years ago it was so impactful and um, I think I just posted the picture once and so and it was like one of the most on my personal page and it was one of the most liked things I'd seen in a while and so I could tell it was really like yeah impacting people that were seeing it so I actually had to like sit and think about why that was and, and wrote it posted it again with, with some writing about it yeah I, think, I mean I think I think I think there's more of that being seen by public figures particularly men of color but like, like I think you, like I agree with you. Like the general default is, I'm good. There's no problems here. Yeah. E- even though, like, there really are a lot of societal, global problems. Um, and I think also more that are exposed. Yeah, and I think L.A. in particular. I think a lot, a large segment of L.A. was like just getting over Nipsey Hussle and then Kobe. Yeah even begin to get over Kobe and then you know the world kind of just all shut down 
Yeah, and it was like a it's kind of a different kind of it's a different type of grief too because you know, you're getting over a loss of a public figure that you might admire or you like or whatever. Um, but you still can like go buy groceries and not stand 10 feet from the person in front of you. Like, you know what I mean? Like you still have a life that's going forward and you're still doing your day to day and you, you know, you can obviously find ways to deal with your, uh, grief. But, um, yeah, this is like a far different, uh, beast, I suppose. Uh, Absolutely. Um, but, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, just as we close out on the, I'll ask a final question, but just to, to, to lighten things up a little bit, cause you know, we tend to keep it a little lighter on this show unless someone tells a really serious, like dark personal story, which we have had on occasion. Um, you know, we obviously are big sports fans. Maybe we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit, but keep it on point to, to the themes of this show. Um, like, are there going to be sports anymore? Like, what's going on? <laughs> they don't know. We don't know. <laughs> what happens? Like, how do you do this now? How do we do? How do we do sports now? You know, I would. That would at least be. I'm. I'm glad there's the draft, even though it's not even a an event. It just. I mean, it is an event, but there isn't any like actual play or going on in in, in, the, in the NFL draft. But just to be able to sit down and like watch something sports related that's not a uh, Madden's tournament will will be kind of exciting. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I would I would be watching every day any sport without fans on TV, right? Like, right, yeah, all of, now the Dodgers have a deal where, you know, people can actually see them out here. They, they made a deal. Oh, yeah. In L.A. Yeah, finally. Yeah. 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 In L.A., you cannot actually see a Dodger game on TV. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah. Yeah, so it would be great if they could even do that, just have the games happen um, without fans, which would be really crazy weird, but um, it would be something. Well, yeah, I mean, it just makes you realize just to try to, for us to try to be intelligent people and keep it on theme, but it makes you realize how important events are, uh, public events are in our country and maybe the world, like to have a sporting event. You might not necessarily be a sports fan, but, you know, like in L.A., like going to a Laker game was like a thing. It wasn't even necessarily a thing for basketball fans. Yeah. It was like a social thing. You go, it's fun. You see famous athletes and all that, maybe celebrities in the audience. Um, you know, yeah, all those things we're kind of not able to do right now. Yeah, movies. I mean, that's... Oh, even something, yeah, much more simpler, like just catching a flick, going to the mall. Yeah, I mean, all these little things were like, oh, man. Because, like, obviously we all know the the economy is definitely going to take time to recover period like just just no other way around it so you know and some of these and I, I keep hearing i keep reading about like businesses i love that like aren't open anymore and won't yeah. will be coming back you know we were trying to keep it light but uh yeah let's just say can we give the lakers the title do they have the best record oh actually they don't i think it's milwaukee <laughs> yeah, so. we gotta have at least a little playoff yeah, can we just go straight to uh, Milwaukee, LA Lakers, and just like a yeah, or first rounds three games, uh, second two rounds five games, and then real finals. I'd I'd be cool with Lakers Bucks for the for the title one game. <laughs> I'd be cool with that. Yeah, I think Clipper fans would be upset. Oh yeah, they would because they they feel like they need the playoff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I don't care about upsetting either of those fan bases <laughs> um, 
I just want the Vegas stadium to open for the Raiders. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, it just feels good to talk about sports. You know what I mean? Even though like it's never happening again, like it feels good. And yeah, normally we'd be talking about like, oh, when can we make a trip out to Vegas to see the greatest sports stadium ever built in mankind? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's literally Darth Vader's head. The craziest. Like I didn't think they would do that. Like I hoped they would be something kind of very sinister and Jedi, you know, Star Wars looking and all that. And it actually is. It's perfect. I can't wait. Uh, but let me, <laughs> uh, I guess like, you know, I wanted to make sure I, 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 I think we kind of touched on how you're doing or how people in your field are doing, um, but wanted to maybe kind of close out the episode with you kind of maybe if you wanted to share like a personal experience about that. Um, I mean, you've given a lot of great advice to people who may be listening on how to deal for, with grief themselves, which I think kind of came out when we we're talking, but uh, yeah, anything you wanted to share about like like you, you know, in your work and your field and how people, even clients, can even assist you in what you're doing. Um. Well, personally, that mo- this moment was um, kind of a transition. So, I've been working in at an agency for for multiple years, and I'm still there. Uh, but I cut back hours, still full time, but not all 40 hours, and started a private practice with Angela's psychology group. So I was trying to build my caseload and start getting in clients. Um, and we were going to launch a group, uh, a black men's group, because yeah. um, I just hadn't seen that, like just a, a therapy group that's about just doing general therapy. But the, the thing that's different is it's all black men and it's not gathering black men because it's anger management or because it's um, a DV group. Those are the only times I've really seen men of color being able to be together and just have a group where it's just them. Um, yeah. I wanted that not to be the reason we're gathering. So that was gonna get off the ground. We are about to set a date to launch it and then we can't get together as people <laughs> in person. <laughs> um, and, and you know, I'm also was just getting started. So I was out networking a lot and trying to get my name out and get to know people and, and build that client base. I can't go out and network right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was, that was tough for a minute and, you know, some days are harder than others, but at some point you just got to adjust to the world that is. Um, so we're going to launch the, the black men's group as a virtual group um, in the next few weeks. And, um, you know, in some ways, it's not as good as, as being together would be, but it might be more necessary for the people that take part to have a place to come together, even if it's virtually. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's very up and down. Uh, it's hard to manage all the work and, and like I said, the school stuff and, and still try to build something. Um, but kind of at the point where it's like, okay, this is where we're at. This is where it, what it is. And so how to, how to build it um in this in the matrix kind of way <laughs> how to build it virtually and yeah. and you know network virtually and things are starting to happen in that space you know dnis can just get on instagram and and have the hottest club <laughs> in the world uh you know, I, I can find a way to do what i yeah. do well um yeah we'll we'll, have, well after we uh get, log off we'll just send me all the handles for the socials and definitely put that up for people interested in, in uh, 
your services and, and your your practices services uh you know uh, by the way uh i should i should mention that uh there are people that listen to this i don't know how but they do listen to this in spain oh wow i don't know how like the podcasts are weird like that we're, we're interconnected like crazy yeah i mean i guess the virus shows us that too <laughs> <laughs> right yeah it's good it's good to end on a virus joke <laughs> Uh, so yeah, thanks to you, Gabray, my friend, uh, Gabray Milner of the Angeles Psychology Group. Also, longtime Raider, Laker fan, Dodgers. We're all, you know, one day maybe we'll enjoy those things again. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. All right, we'll talk soon. Bye. Yes, Ready for another episode? Well, check us out at beststoryinevertold.com or also find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or a number of other podcast aggregators. And if you're interested in sponsoring a future episode of this series, please contact us at beststoryinevertold at gmail.com.